pointed out by the Razzies. It was a slog, a very depressing movie. Either you like it or you don't like it. I, I did not like it. But it was no, like in, in the beginning. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I guess I'm cutting you off. In the no. beginning, um, she's all like uh, uh, wide-eyed and like uh, you know, babe in the woods, right? But by the end of the film, she's still doing that same character of what's going on? I can't. You would think that she would have you know after yeah. marriages and abortion and fame, she would have. She wouldn't be all stalled. What's going on anymore? She I mean, was she lost. She was lost. She saw men in the corner and paranoia. She she's on the pills. She's she doesn't know what she's talking about. It takes forever to give a tip to uh, a doorman. Now, yeah, that's right. I remember that. It was depressing the beginning, man. His her childhood. It's depressing. Her mom was depressing. I mean, yeah. that was probably the most interesting scene of them going through the California fires and her demanding. You know, and then the mom hitting her after all that. You know, yes, it, yeah. Yes. So there was she an... tried to kill the little girl. Yeah. Fucked up. It's fucked up. I don't know. I'm not a fan I of the movie. I have more to talk about. Yes. Okay. First of first they were gonna get Naomi Watts, who I know from I Heart Huckabees, but you know her face. She's been in a million things. Sure. Thank her. They were also going to get um Jessica. Chastity. Yeah. Who we'll talk who about later. Molly's Game, Zero Dark Thirty. You might know her from that. The three also, five five. Yeah, that's right. The the spy film, the ensemble cast spy film. Now also Brad Pitt is all over this. He was one of many producers, but he did a film with this director called Killing Them Softly in 2012. He learned that's about the project. He was the one who said Darmus should be our Marilyn, and it got cast pretty much because of him. We um, mentioned that she's nominated for an Oscar, so this is one of those overlaps where uh, a Oscar-nominated film is getting nominated the, for Razzies as well. The real world does not agree with the Razzies, and the Razzies does not agree with Academy. You know, okay, she, she did so, a good job. Now this was a little gross, also how. They would show the fetus in her body. Also, it was a fully formed baby. It wasn't, you know. I, I agree with you. Which would be, it would not be endearing if you saw what a fetus really looks like as it's gestating and growing. So they it's made it. Like, in her head, like this baby is talking to Marilyn. Yeah. He had the baby talk to her. And so, of course, uh, Planned Parenthood had a lot to say about it. Catholic World Report had a lot to say about it. You know, it's on both sides. I don't know why he touched this area. Um, it's the love child of the of the men she really loved, and you know she had to go to a test and they or whatever, and they they aborted the baby. Well, in real life, she had three miscarriages. Two of yeah. them were with um, the playwright. What's his name? Arthur Miller. Yeah, he's Adrian Brody in this film. Yeah, and I don't think Adrian Brody did a very good job. I, he was I better don't... to see how they run. I really thought he was a lot better in that movie. Uh, but this this movie was, you knew it was going to be a slog when he shows up an hour 20 into the film. And you're just like, now we get to the Arthur Miller part. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the film was going on forever. It didn't need to take that long, but it did. No. Now, this We're... is really interesting. They used real-life locations in the film. Uh, the in, the initial scenes of the film were shot in the same apartment when, where Monroe lived with her mother. Oh. 
And Monroe's death scene was also filmed in the same room she died in, in real life. That's terrible. Now, DeArma said at a press conference that she believes Monroe's ghost was with them on the set. She thinks that the ghost was happy. She would also throw things off the wall sometimes and get mad if she didn't like something. Maybe this sounds very mystical, but it's true. We all felt it. Best of luck in the Oscars. I hope she wins. The end. Okay. I so have I, can, say, I, can I just say something? My brother Adam, my brother Adam, who's his a maestro of bad movies, he breaks yeah. the bad movies down. There's good bad movies that are just fun to watch. Yeah. There's bad bad movies. And then you have good, good, bad movies and good, bad, bad movies. Do you understand what I mean? And this yes, was a I bad, do. bad, bad movie. It was a bad right. movie and it wasn't fun to watch. Right. You know, sometimes, like, for instance, there was that um, the Bee Gees did a Beatles movie called Sgt. Pepper or whatever. Sure. And, and it was like, oh, this will be fun to riff on, you know, but it'll be a fun, bad movie. But it wasn't. It was just a bad, bad movie. That happens. Yeah, um, and we're going to see a bunch of them today as well in the nominations. I'm not funding this movie as worst movie of the year, but I don't like it. Okay, after Blonde for Worst Picture, we have Morbius. Okay, and let's talk about Morbius, which... Okay, let's see here. Uh, okay, apparently, this is a superhero film based on Marvel Comics character of the same name. Apparently, he's part of the Spider-Man He's a Spider-Man-related villain, I guess, although we see him as a hero in the movie. Um, Jared Leto, okay. Yeah, who's not made uh, for worse actor. There were previously two notable attempts to adapt the character of Mobius into cinematic form since 1998, neither of which came to fruition. This is the first time. Uh, he was going to be in Blade as an Makes antagonist. Sense. And he was going to have a solo film, Artisan Entertainment. I know the name. Um, Venom was another Spider-Man-related character. They filmed this in 2019. Okay, so work on the film began to the end of the year in London in February of 2019. That's not the end of the year. Filming completed in June. Okay, so this was a 2019 film. You know, I... Uh, I don't think this was a bad film. Really? Yeah. You, you yeah. Think no, I cool. think it's. I think it's a bad, a good, bad, bad film in the sense okay. that it takes me. It took me five minutes, maybe a minute at a go, for two weeks. So actually, finish this movie. Every minute, there's something new that's crazy in it. Every uh -huh. you can go to any scene and you go, why, huh? What mm -hmm. you know, or like it's just off. There's something off about this entire movie for the duration of the film, and uh, I really enjoyed it in that sense. That okay. it was also we're celebrating bad movies and pop culture. This movie was in the zeitgeist this year. We have to acknowledge that even my son, who knows what morbing is, it became a meme. Uh, the, they actually re-released this film based on the cult of that. This is a bad film. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is something that doesn't happen all the time and I think we should celebrate that honestly Yeah, I watched the film and I didn't have any like reaction while I was watching it like this sucks you know what I don't about know. like he, he declines a Nobel Peace Prize you didn't think that <laughs> <Yeah>. was funny <laughs> well I don't know if it was funny but he, how does he does he fly or does he just smudges around the, the night sky I 
I was assuming he was flying. He, he like he's acrobatic. I don't know. I don't know. He's got he like um... he jumps in the air and then like a CGI smidge happens and he disappears. So does is he like smidging? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's not really covered. <laughs> By the way, you at home should be. Uh, we should say it to you know find the Morbius trailer as hey, we talk about it and watch it. And you know if you're watching on YouTube right now, I'm sure that I've made the trailers. Okay. Anything else to say about this film? Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Morbius. I'm glad it, it came released. I thought Jared Leto went with his heart, and which we'll talk about in Worst Actor, and it was all there on the screen. I should mention that I'm friends with Al Madrigal. I've known him for years. I thought he was terrific as Teresa's partner. Like, Therese uh-huh. and, and Al Madrigal are these cops that show up every time everything happens. They show up afterwards, and they yes. walk around. They remind me of the uh, DC character, the Phantom Stranger, which this guy in a turtleneck just shows up. They just show up. And Al will say, like, oh, you think it has to do with San Francisco? What? You know, the, the you're talking about Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and the characters based on Spider-Man. Yeah. And Morbius, he was a 70s Marvel character, which was either Kung Fu or horror character, you know, or vampires or Dracula. And that's what he was. He was a 70s yeah. Marvel Dracula. See, the and thing is, I, one of the things I liked is that he was a Dracula, but he wasn't a vampire. He right. made himself through this serum trying to cure his blood disease. They're trying to have like an Avengers movie where the villains of the remember the Sinister Six, Kragan the yes. Hunter, the the so at the end of this movie, the Falcon from the Tom Holland movies shows up in a multiverse riff. And he's up there, and he just walks up to Morbius, and he's like, hey, we should start a Sinister Six group. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how it ends. And then, of course, Venom, which is part of that cabal, shows yes. up in this Spider-Man movie from last year. At the end, like, drinking at a bar, like, I got to find Spider-Man for some reason. Right, right. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Did you like the um, uh, Venom and... I, I think enjoyed- Tom... I like I like him living in in San Francisco in the Tenderloin with yeah. a Tenderloin apartment. I like Tom Hardy. I think he kind of pulls it off, but no, not really. Is this pop- so? So Sony is one thing, and the cinematic universe Mar- is a different thing. Because yeah. So Spider Man does is he yeah. lent to cinematic universe? Yeah, he's well. That's the thing. He became part of the cinematic universe. They they Sony and. Uh, um, Disney worked together to release those three movies in conjunction, yeah. but Sony's holding on to the rights of Spider-Man and any character from Spider-Man. So there's going to be like Mr. Silk, there's going to be Madam Silk, there's going to be tons of like characters that were in the Spider-Man and the Spider-Man universe is pretty weird to begin with. So it's not like they don't have, you know, but it's, it's just a cash grab, you know, Did there's you no like need for it. Strange multiverse and you saw the spy other Spider-Man movies. I love the Strange Multiverse like movie. I really like that movie a lot. Uh, the the yeah. Spider-Man movie, I, I thought it was a snore. Uh, I was ashamed because I, I thought there was those movies are fun. They're, they're aimed for kids. They're, they're definitely aimed for teenagers. They're not aimed for me. And I, I'm grateful for that. So I don't have an opinion. <laughs> on it. I really liked how they took um, the, the – see, I didn't like how like they had a Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire – and then all of a sudden, nah, never mind that one. We got a new Spider-Man. Nah, never mind that one. We got, and now we're gonna totally mess it up with Tony Stark's involved. It's not even Uncle Ben anymore. Can, you we, know? can we just say real quick about that Spider-Man movie? They set it up that the that no one knows who he is, and 
you know, we meet all the characters. They they were dead. There was agency, but now they're alive and they're all CGI yeah. anyway. So the lizard doesn't look like the actor from the first place. And it doesn't matter they died. They're here now. And it doesn't matter about the characters because it's all going to reset the next movie. Right. We right. all forgot who he is. And all the characters are all the private characters live in his universe. He he doesn't need his buddies in the next mm -hmm. movie. They don't know who he is, so they don't even need Tom Holland to be honest with you. They could just find someone else. It was a really crass movie. I didn't like yeah. that film. And anyway, Morbius Morbius is great. I, I'm a big fan of that movie. I I'm a big fan too. The thing is, I didn't understand that. It was bad. I guess the it world was bad, totally it was. It didn't make a lick of sense. He would go in like bats are attacking you one second. Another second, he's calling another guy by the wrong name. And the guy's calling himself by the wrong name. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Pinocchio. What does it mean, not Del Toro's? Del Toro made a – There's a, this is one of two Pinocchio movies that came out this year. Netflix oh, has right. one from Academy Award director Del Toro which he uses wood animation, like stop-motion wood right. caricature. I read about that in researching this. Yeah, I don't, now, I don't have the bandwidth to see it. Okay, now, first of all, Robert Zemeckis did this film, and you know he's the trilogy of Back to the Future. He's Forrest Gump. He's Castaway. He's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, this guy's proven his chops. Uh, the second thing I want to say is I thought it was beautiful. You know what I mean? Like the way that the uh, animated computer graphics worked with the live action worked perfectly. When they go to Pleasure Island and this guy is popping up, handing them root beers on the on yes. roller coaster, it's just everything clicked. You know, like the actors, the human beings were on point. The, the animation, everything that was on the screen just all flowed beautifully. Uh, he, is, he made movies like Polar Express and Beowulf, which... Uh, I think this is more of the vein where he's just kind of he's a technician and he's able to create this flawlessly. Whether there's a soul or heart to it, it's right. like, it's a remake of a Disney live action a live action remake. We know what these we know what these films are. Walking in, they're pieces of shit that that stick to the cartoon regardless of anything. Okay, so I it was a little okay. Pinocchio was everything about his dad. But he hardly knew his dad. He had a conversation with Tom Hanks one time. But at the same time, though, he was born. He got information from the Blue Fairy. Right. The cricket is all involved. So it was the. It makes sense he wanted his father because he didn't know anything else. This is his first day of life, his second day of life. He's trying to impress his father. He didn't know a world of life experiences to say. What do you, I just met this guy. He met him like as being born, you know, and when yeah. we're born, the first encounters we have shape everything. So, okay, this uh, was a remake of Disney's 1940 animated film. So this was an, a, an Italian book in 1883 called The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Calodi. This Perfect. only... Two months. They shot this in two months. That was it. That's nuts. Well, you know, Tom Hanks was definitely like COVID acting. You know, he was just in a room by himself for the entire movie. There was no one well, else there. No, well, the guy showed up in the beginning, tried to buy the clocks. Right. Right. And then yeah. he got on the street. Okay, the clock that so, has Dumbo. It, yeah, that's right. A clock that has Dumbo. Now, his acting was not good. I, I got to, I mean, 
first of all, I love Tom Hanks. Okay. Yeah, we love Tom Hanks. But he did walk through this. Oh my goodness. Oh, he's a real boy. Oh, like so. This is not the first time he's worked with Zemeckis. The Castaway and yeah. Polar Express. So right. he definitely, they definitely have a kinship. But yeah, he just kind of wiggled his eyebrows on cue and and overacted. It's sort of like he was a uh, uh, an amateurish actor on, in a play. Like he's oh, I'm the old man. Oh, it's goodness. Now I know Tom Hanks, and I bet you. He had the ability to really become an old man and just say, well, would you look at I bet you all his lines and everything, we could have believed it really came from a person. I wasn't buying it. Yeah, and I have a problem with all the live-action versions. It's not a classic, your cartoons. It doesn't have to be exactly beat by beat. It doesn't make a sense in the real world to have talking animals that you can't tell if they're talking. Right. This film like did a little bit better, and it wasn't as awful as dumbo but yeah uh, it was you know even the aladdin movie i i can't sit through these films unless not that I'm in we a, saw you mean no no not with bud spencer oh, with, with uh yeah. guy ritchie directed with uh will smith okay so um it uh, the critics found that it lacked the charm of the 1940s film uh visually dazzling but soulless yeah um uh, your conscience should be your guide to not make unnecessary remakes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> generally unfavorable reviews. Every frame in Pinocchio is filled with rich and rich and lush detail. Yep. It almost looks like a 3D film, and the performances, yep. whether live action or voiced, are universally excellent. I don't agree with the performances. Well, I know Lorraine Bracco from The Sopranos yes. is nominated, and I don't even remember her character. Well, she was the woman. She, she was the girl puppet, I think. She was the girl puppet, not the puppeteer. Right? No, no. The puppeteer was a live-action person. Yeah. But I didn't hear that kind of raspy voice in that. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. I love. She her doesn't get my training. voice vote in the Razzie, so that's why I guess I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice. I thought it was the uh, human actress that was the puppeteer that was doing it. I thought she had a crush on Pinocchio, and that's why she was talking through the puppeteer. I didn't realize. Yeah, through the puppet, right? I didn't realize the puppet was there. It's it's a film that they're going to make, whether I want to watch it or not, because they have a bottom line and they know they're going to make money. And they released yes. it not in theaters, but they put it in, in uh, Disney Graveyard to Die, Disney Plus. But you know, now, it's content. One of the things that the critics pointed out, and I didn't even know it, because but I, I have seen the original film, but this like dead son that Tom Hanks has and a dead wife wasn't part of 1940s film apparently. Well, you know this. They also streamlined the point. So Jiminy Cricket, first off, he looks it's such a corporate film. He while they play "When You Wish Upon a Star," he goes, "Oh, that's my song." Right, yeah, like in the beginning, yeah. screw you, Disney. <laughs> and then, like they streamlined this thing, like it's not episodic adventures. It's he has to find a conscious, and these are ha these things are happening in, sequ in sequential order because he needs to find a conscious. Right. I don't think the 1940 cartoon really was that streamlined. I don't think the book, you know, even though it was a morality tale, was like oh. Because he didn't listen to Jiminy Cricket, he right. this happened. It was just things were. I happening. wonder if Jiminy Cricket was the Disney creation for the. It was, yeah. It was, I don't think there was a Jiminy Cricket. And also, bring back the fucking cigars. Bring back the goddamn cigars. <laughs> Fuck! It was the best part of the movie. These boys smoking cigars at Pleasure <laughs> Island didn't even give me the cigars. They're they're committing a sin. 
And the only time a girl shows up is when they're complaining, they're holding signs that say, you know, we hate things or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Six nominations this gets for the Razzies. I didn't think it was as sucky. It's not as sucky. Yeah, I'm not. The only other weird thing about this is that the principal photography began under the working title Mahogany. Oh, like Diana Ross movie. But why wouldn't it be Pinocchio? Because they don't want people to know what they're doing. They don't want. Oh, like, that's why it was to yeah. hide. Oh, 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 okay. So if you have a big movie, you you would send the reel, but you would say it's something else. It's Blue Storm or some shit like that. Anything else to say about Pinocchio? No. Okay, Not let's man. go back to the voting. And next is it is good morning. Good morning. Listen, audience at home, go to YouTube and search for trailer. Carl, Good morning. I, I'm not, I can't watch the trailer because my girlfriend broke up with me. <laughs> I can't eat. I'm not hungry. My girlfriend broke up with me. Yeah, but we're at the Denny's and you're with six of your friends. Let's go eat anyway. Yeah. Okay, so this film, first of all, when I was watching it, I was like, we're not seeing anything new here. It's the same old stoner stuff and uh, youth stuff. The hangout movie. Hangout movie. Right. And, um, you know, that uh, the, the roommate who became their neighbor, she yeah. was all makeup. I don't know what she really looks like in the real world. She was Megan just Fox? makeup. Megan Fox. Well, I mean, sh- there's one scene where she's not wearing shoes, so you get to see her toes all natural. <laughs> But I'm sure they she had them painted. Tone I didn't look, but her nails. This is a buddy buddy hangout film. It's written and directed by Machine Gun Kelly and okay. a guy named Modson, who right. I think now, he's he's the what? The blue haired roommate? Right. He's the blue haired guy. And I, I just want to say that like while I was watching this film, I didn't know that. But when it was done, when I learned that it was written, produced, and directed by those two goofs. I had a little more respect for them that they could pull something together. I mean, they wrote it, produced it, and directed it. It really looked like it's some a day in the life. Hollywood executives got the latest things and put it all together. No, they did that on their own. This is a day in the life about a fictitious actor named London Creed or whatever London London yeah. Royal. And yeah, London he, Broil. London Broil. He stars in Good Bad People, which had a terrible season finale, uh, which I guess is on terrestrial TV. And they right. released that episode that week. And he's going up for the uh, to audition for Batman. However, right. he receives a text at the start of the film that says, Good morning with a U. The idiot has to look up the w- definition of the word morning on his phone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, my girlfriend is going to break up with me. <laughs> Immediately, that's all he talks about. Every he gets all this cool weed, right. he gets all this opportunity. I don't want uh, my girlfriend to. She not at all. There's not a single moment where she wants to break up with him until right. his whiny ass causes her to say, "Shut up." I, <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. know, I want some space. I need a break. I but really it, liked when it was with the U. So he goes, "What is this English? I wonder how many people got that." You know, with like color and behavior. Yeah. There's other words. But we all know what the word morning is. It was it was kind of I mean, I get it. It's the beat of he the movie. He should know. He yeah. should know. He shouldn't have had to Google. He's that. a fucking idiot. Everything is handed to him. It's an entourage movie. It's if you like the entourage and if you like Dave with Gata Gata? Gata? Gata. G A T A. It's an acronym. He was really good in that movie. Uh you I, know I, 
at one point he goes, um, when he was getting canceled or whatever, he goes, I understand if you guys don't want me to be my friends anymore. Acknowledging that they're just an entourage, you know? It is an entourage. And, but they've been best friends since high school. Every single fucking character. He's been yes. my best friend since uh, yes. we were kids. Give me a break. Some yeah, it's kids. a millennial humor thing. They're on their phone. They're doing Instagram videos. And he decides not to go to the Batman interview because he wants to, his girlfriend's breaking up with him. Yeah. He gets dated wearing a mask uh, to talk Wasn't to Wasn't the manager director. great? The manager was very funny. Oh, yeah. She leaves that voice you. message. It was so funny. Yeah. She was right, great in that right, movie. Right, yeah. Then oh, she goes, man, she was really I gave the good. director of Pluto Nash a fave, and now I have to, you know, now it's payback, <laughs> whatever. I guess that's Tom Arnold was playing the director of Pluto Nash, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. I loved, uh, he goes, um, when he, they're psyching him up to leave, he turns, just as he's about to leave, he goes, I'm Batman, right? And she was like, that's pretty good. I think, yeah, that's <laughs> better, because he was lowering his voice. He's like, oh, Bruce Wayne. He goes, nah. Hey, um, this is seven you know, nominations this gets for the Razzies. They really sure. think this film sucks. It's it's very lightweight. Nothing really happens. It's all self-inflicted. He's He's a spoiled little boy. Yes. Uh, but that's the movie. But, but that's the thing. Like, he wrote it all. You know what I mean? Like, he he wasn't an idiot. He knew what mourning meant because yeah. he wrote the film. You know. Okay, but, but so can we, can we get to the ending? About... What's that? The twist ending at the end of the credits. What, he won Batman? Tell me. Tell me the, what am I so, forgetting? I just saw it. The end credits roll, and they show all the outtakes. You get to see, yes. you know. They they kill they use snout to tail in that movie. No footage was wasted. It was all in the <laughs> end credits. And then at the credits end, there's a post credit scene where right. it's revealed the hospital scene is actually the finale of his TV show. Right, good, bad right, people. right, right, right. Yeah. And they go, "That's a cut. That's a wrap for good bad people. You've been great." And then he has a British accent, which I don't know in real life he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, in real oh, life okay. he is. So he's talking like he normally, and he's like, "What is the point of this movie? I get hot, I knock off, I break my my girlfriend's family urns, and I replace the ashes with potweed." Yeah. Right. He was self-critical of it at the he way end. He undercuts the entire movie at the end. It's, it was ballsy as shit. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, and can I just mention one thing about this movie? I yeah. laughed really hard when they were smoking pot, and they showed the different ways to smoke. When they did the Jungle Book. Where Megan Fox has this giant tobacco leaf, and she puts yeah, it under right. the camera like Bugs Bunny. And Are you crying? Yeah, she sprinkles two or three buds, and they fall behind the camera. And then she lifts back in the frame a completely rolled giant like yeah. chichen chong, and it was a blunt. It was tobacco, and just proceeds to smoke this novelty blunt. And I thought she was very funny in this movie, and that was a great scene. And you know, it's not the. It was both good and bad, right? It yeah, was both good and, bad. and bad. It entertained me. Yeah, it was like bad with some impressive stuff that was really Pete, creative. Pete Robinson, Pete Robinson, was funny in this movie. Barry. Okay, yeah, let's talk about. Are you talking we'll, about? We'll talk the, about him uh, soon. We'll talk about him soon. He's nominated for. Is he for Staten what? Island guy? King of Staten Island guy? Okay, Pete Davidson, right? So. They said that he just had a cameo role. He didn't have a cameo role. No, he, he showed was... up. It, they said it was extended cameo, but he showed up three times in that movie, basically. He said some funny, funny stuff. Like he was like fingering Ruby the butt. Not when you start, but when you finish. Like it was some, and he was really skeevy and gross looking. 
He, the funniest he, scene is they have a friend named Fat Joe. He's not fat. His name's not Joe. He just likes right. to lean back when he hears pot. And he gets into a K-hall, and they drag him to the hotel where uh, where Barry is the valet. And right. He gets him out of the K-hall. It's the funniest. Why is it they needed Barry? Remember, they're like, we need He's Barry. He's such a killjoy. He, he, he snaps people, too. Oh, that's why, because he's so... But I didn't Barry understand why our our hero, London, was, like, um, hugging him and wanting to be his friend, and then two seconds later, he backed off. Yeah, Like right. I, I don't understand why you wanted to be the friend. I know why he backed off. Number. He's dogging me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll text you right now. That was uh, I think it you was... guys will be back. All right, so this movie wasn't great, but it was enjoyable. I'll probably yeah, see it again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the only problem I had is I had to pay for this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had to pay a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine. But you I know, four bucks. God damn really? it, Carl! All right, well, LWAFL MOIT is worth it, especially to vote in the Razzies. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the final uh, movie nominated for worst picture. Okay, it is The King's Daughter. Okay, this one is worthy of discussion too, and this Absolutely. one only gets three nom uh, Razzie's nomination. Um, worse, worse actress, but it's not her fault. She plays a certain genre style. The 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 namesake, the king's daughter. She's like every like romance movie I've seen on Lifetime. Very like has a smirk, has a spark, and her accent nails was terrible. Her fake accent. Were they supposed to be French anyway? Uh, yeah, story... Versailles, and they really, literally did shoot in Versailles. Oh well, yeah, it's beautiful. the The fountains and such of Versailles. This they is what filmed in my... Versailles, and then they filmed in Australia of all places. Probably for the tax break. I have to say, this is probably the best good bad movie out of the lot. If you are looking for to watch any film, I recommend The King's Daughter. It's on freebie. It is entertaining, and the twist ending. You is recommend so... this film? It's so funny, the twist ending, which I'll reveal. I thought this film sucked, sucked, sucked until she was going to jump off the cliff and he had to make a choice. Right. And he made the right choice. He that part the right of choice. the film was good, but the rest of it... Let's back up, Carl, because not a lot of people know French history like we do. You see... we, we, we. The king of France captured a mermaid because he can be immortal if they kill the mermaid and he sucks the mermaid blood... And he during the will solar be, eclipse. During the solar eclipse, which will help France because he will be king of France for eternity. Ever. Yeah. And there's one guy who's like overseeing and he can't wait to kill. Like I sent the male merman out of there. We got the yeah. mermaid. And he's like the king's daughter. The king is Pierre Bronson in one of his uh wait, roles. I think you said it weird. Yeah. Say it again. The king, Pierre Bronson. Did I get it wrong? Uh, Pierce, Pierce is how you say it. Pierce, Pierce Bronson. Pierce, piercing blue eyes, Bronson. <laughs> right. Uh, we saw him last year in an entourage heist movie, and he was not very good in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And this one, he he's half there and he's half not. It's not he's it's not really his movie to ruin. William Hurt shows up. The late William Hurt. Right. The late William Hurt, and this is his. This was filmed in 2014, believe it or not. Crazy. Even though it's 2020. But so therefore it wasn't the last film he shot, but it was the last film his was ever on the screen. I kept this looking his at his character film. going, that guy looks like William Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So this film was also shot in two months. That's it, two months. Two months, and then sat on the shelf for eight years, right? I mean, unbelievable. Yes. It's... So it was, there was a 1997 novel called The Moon and Sun that this was based upon. Uh, William Hurt's final screen performance, uh, you know, it had been filmed eight years earlier, so therefore. Well, uh, just so real quick, the king doesn't like the music being played to wake him up. They 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 find this woman who's a musician. She's gonna play better music, and he likes right. it. Then he realizes, hey, I fucked her mom. That's my well, kid. No, he doesn't. No, they, he knew he knew he was she was the daughter all along. He was part of sending her to the convent. God, oh, all right. So she's right. So she he says, listen, you're royalty. You're my daughter. Right. And I also have a mermaid. I'm gonna kill and use the blood and go immortal. And she goes. Wasn't the CGI oh. horrible? This the mermaid is nominated for worst actress, doesn't deserve it. I yeah. let her fucking speak and then I'll vote for her. Right. It's, she did her job. She sh yes. went like this and then they, they CGI'd the fuck out of it. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So she becomes buddy with the mermaid. In fact, the best part of the movie is she breaks her arm and the doctor can't wait to amputate it. And, right. Uh, yeah, that right was a off. great scene. And cut that's off, the cut husband, off. the future husband. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> this movie. But she says, like, no, you can't kill Mermaid. Mermaid has a soul. And, and right. William Hurt, the preacher, is like, ah, uh, yeah, I know what a soul is. I'm a religious dude. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, man. And the husband's like, no, man, we're going to kill that mermaid and suck up her blood. So she goes to a cliff and says, either you suck up the mermaid's blood and be immortal or I jump off and I or I don't jump off a cliff. Well, it was like only the mermaid will save my life if I jump off this cliff. So you got to make a choice: kill her and I die, save her and I live. Right. Yeah, she <clears> jumped off a cliff, and that Orlando Bloom dinner theater actor, the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The set looked like it was like Welcome to Pirates of the Caribbean dinner theater. It was really kind of goofy. Yeah, and then they jump off that was a cliff. Australia stuff outside but, of Melbourne. Let's let's talk about the ending, which makes this one of the best bad movies I've ever seen. Refresh my memory. Sure. Well, you know French history, and you know that uh, oui. there was a mermaid. That the king had a mermaid, right? See, si. mermaid. mermaid lived in Paris, Atlantis, Fran, oh. Fran, France, 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 Atlantis. France, there, Atlantis. Underneath France, under Versailles, is Atlantis, right. and the mermaid gives the king's daughter. Breathing underwater power. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I didn't understand that. That's why I sort of blanked that out. Like, how does she I have the ability? so hard. Can I give a dog a human brain if I want to? You know, how does she have the ability to give her gills? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, and it's like, it doesn't make sense that the lost city of Atlantis is underneath Versailles. Versailles. You know? Versailles. Yeah. It's just, it was so Versailles. ludicrous. Versailles. And the whole film was about the king. And his conscious, and he had yeah. the, his daughter and the priest, and the film ends with the daughter, the namesake, becoming a mermaid. The fuck's going on? <laughs> Did not expect that to turn into a mermaid at the end. Did not. So let me just tell you a few other things that I learned. First of all, Julie Andrews is the narrator, and Julie Andrews makes sense because she would be the princess, right? She was always the princess person. Princess Diary, she's in as well. Yeah. I didn't so, recognize her or give a shit that she narrated it. And I'm sure the dub versions don't care. Nobody either. noticed that she 
It just yeah. sounded like a correct nar narrator. I didn't right. realize until I researched that it was her. It's in the credits. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, the earliest development for this film began in 99. Now, this was written in 97, this book. 99. It was um, – Jim Henson Company was all involved in this. Um, and, uh, well, there's a bunch of – you know, Sony terminated their agreement with – there's lots of backstory here. It's but um, the shelf and the preview released it. Right. Exactly. After it was released, uh, after it was about to be released, they stopped and they said, we have to work on the computer graphics. And then some companies fell apart and it just sat around. Um, in the, it's the, the biggest, China's biggest financial contribution to a non-studio film produced outside of China. Um, it got three nominations for uh, the Razzies here. I guess we've said all we can about yeah. it. Now is it time to vote? Okay. I all right, let's vote. I'm going to do it. Okay, let me share screen here so that people at home know that we are voting. Okay, so Blonde Morbius Pinocchio Good Morning or The King's Daughter. What is the worst film? Morbius. Morbius is the worst film. Now why Morbius is it my blonde? Because Morbius is more fun, more people talk about it, it hit a cultural nerve, it's a genuinely, like, it's going to kill the genre of superheroes, hopefully. This was okay. a film that will drag Westerns well, down it, and drag... It you wanted just, to it, die? It's like Westerns. It's time to die. It's time to die as a genre. Okay. But I'm, okay. I'm voting, I put my vote in for Morbius. I, I okay. think it's a terrible movie, and my son talks about it. It hit a cultural nerve. It, it deserves to be celebrated. Okay, so blonde. What was your second runner-up? Was it blonde? King, Pinocchio, King's Good daughter. Morning? King's daughter. Love okay. King's daughter. King's daughter. Classic. That is what I am voting as the worst film. The okay. King's Daughter. Horrible. If Morbius wasn't on the list, it would be King's Daughter for me. But I have to go with Morbius. Okay. Now I don't think Good Morning deserves to be. No. It was bad, but it was good okay, too. Dave Grohl from uh, Foo Fighters made a movie called Studio Six Six Six. Machine Gun Kelly is not the only. Pop star with a vanity product move film. Can I see Studio Six Six Six? No, it's not. Oh, well, okay. do you like to watch the the late? I mean, do you like to watch musicians riff? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not worth it. It's a very long movie. Okay. So you are going with Morbius, and I am going with The King's Daughter. Done and done. Let's a lock. Okay. Now we're going up to the top of the Razzies right. now, and we're going to start with worst supporting actor. All right. So we have Tom Hanks, Xavier Samuel, Pete Davidson, Maud Son, Evan Williams, and you can write one in if you want. Which at this point doesn't matter. So uh, Pete Davidson, uh, do you want to just go with what was your choice? So Pete Davidson, as we said, it's not a cameo role. He's a character in this film. Uh, I think Tiffany Haddish in, in uh, Easter Sunday was more of a cameo, even though she was a character in it. Uh, I'm not voting for him. Okay. Okay. Tom Hanks, I don't think, was a bad actor in Elvis. Everybody else disagrees with me. Yeah. Well, he think? was appropriately bad. You know, he was the the thorn in, in Elvis's side. Elvis was all glamour and and, and just 
Sincerity. No, but he wasn't not in the not in the in terms of his acting, right? That's what I'm saying. He played it a certain way, and it was really good in the film. Like it wasn't a good performance, but he's playing Tom Car. He's playing him a certain way. It's a heightened performance. I I don't I don't know. I might have to vote for him because there's no one else I really care about. Okay, what about? Okay, I don't think it's fair to say Xavier Samuel and Evan Williams in Blonde were bad actors. It's it's criticizing the 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 movie and the storyline with these two characters. It's not really about the actors, and we'll see other nominations where their character was stupid, but the acting was fine. You know, yeah. the director gives you acting, sets the the tone, and you do your job, and they did their job. So then we have Pete Davidson, his cameo role in Good Morning, and I got to tell you, I think he did a good job. Barry B E R R Y. Right. Yeah. He did a very good job. That was very good job, right? Mod's son. You know, I thought he was fine in that movie. He, him, and uh, Megan Fox were great in it. I have no problem with him. I have no problem with the two people in Blonde. I guess I would give it to Tom Hanks just as a cultural tip. But the other one is Mod's son. That's a toss-up for me. That's where I'm going. I think his uh, performance – now, look, again, if he wrote it, produced it, and directed it, he was doing it on purpose. So it's hard to vote for him. I right. can't vote for Tom Hanks because I think he was doing what he was supposed to in that film. I agree his with you. I agree with good. you. I have to go with Mod Son just because he is the lesser of – I am going with Mod Son. No offense to Mod Son. You obviously have your talents, and you made a yeah. film where you acted – and I, I appreciate that, but your character was way too old for who he was. Yes. And all, out of all the characters, get it over the everything. top. Yeah, but they all get handed everything on silver platters, and he definitely didn't deserve any of it, let alone mm-hmm. like living in that place. So I don't know. So, Mod Song, I'd like to apologize to you. It's just that you're up against Tom Hanks, the two guys in Blonde, and Pete Davidson. So you're the worst of the choices they presented us. <laughs> I agree, and we're going to be doing that apology a lot. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good category. Yeah. Worst remake, ripoff, or sequel? Blonde, Pinocchio, Firestarter, World Dominion, and both of the 365. Let's talk about 365. Okay. 365 was like a soap opera of the rich. You know what I mean? It was absolutely nailed it. It was num. It was it received the first movie one worst picture of the year for the Razzies. It got a Razzies. The, the first picture, the theme is so toxic that mm-hmm. it was a gimme to to be the loser. The basically a Polish mafioso kidnaps right. this beautiful woman and says, "You'll fall in love with me within the year," and kidnaps her for three hundred sixty-five days. Five days. And at the end, they are in love. And that's the reason why I got voted worst movie. Netflix, they probably a lot of happy dads watching that movie. Because they get two sex. There wasn't one sequel in 22. There was two of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're calling it a ripoff. But like you said, it's not as toxic as the first movie. It's just a very long soap opera. It's an ode to consumption. They go, they have girls night out where they eat. And the food, the table is covered in food. There's a big yeah. ass pile of spaghetti behind this woman. Yeah. Either take it, right. get a doggy bag, or like give it to the somebody, or eat the fucking food. It's just spending money and 
How many times? And look at you... their bodies. They are not eating all that food with those bodies. They oh. needed a little tiny, you know, smorgasbord. I mean, that's they all were... we see are their bodies. They're, they're. Yeah. This is my favorite scene in in both movies. Oh, I walked into you having sex. Oops. Oops. Yeah, that happened right in the beginning of uh, uh, this. And then the day. third movie, she's getting fucked by a model or something like that, and 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 oops, I walked in while you're having sex backstage. Now, um, one of the reasons why these two were released the same year was pandemic stuff. Um, in May 2021, you know, 30, 365 days this day's production was originally scheduled to begin in 2020, but delayed during the, the COVID-19 pandemic until February 2022. Same sort of thing. Okay, filming was set to begin in 2021 around Italy, Poland for the Italy and Poland for the next 365 days. So they filmed stuff, and then they had to take a break, and then they were scheduled to film the next one. It just coincidentally came that they were both released the same year. Did you remember at the end of the second one, she gets shot? Yep. And then the third one, she's fine. Yep. And she's like, you know, I got shot for you. Yes, that's right. And the boys know. kiss. The boys kiss in the third one. She has a daydream yeah. where they kiss, and they do. It's it's the same formula. It's some shitty song playing, and there's softcore sex happening. And if you like that kind of thing, Netflix has six hours of it for you. Enjoy it. It kind of there was a Michael Winterbottom, who's a director. He made a film called I think it was called Eighteen Songs. It was couples uh -huh. having sex to certain bands performing like bands would play and then we have a romantic scene i haven't seen it i think it's nc-17 it sounds like a better movie to, than this these films the same idea you get to see sexy scenes with music playing over it the music's like they go to a club and the same crappy song plays what kind of club yes. doesn't play disco right 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 yeah okay so for me uh, this one is gonna win um for worst River? really carl well, yeah. I can see like Blonde is there because it's the same thing with Princess Diana's musical last year. It's right. a it's a camp icon who's getting you know battered, and the view is terrible. It's an exploitative movie. I'm not voting for it. Disney's Pinocchio. It's another yeah. one of those live action films. This is not about art. This is about commerce. It's still not getting my vote. Firestarter. Yeah. I saw the movie. The director is really, really good. It's not a good match. The director does some really cool stylized neon lights and neon yes. backgrounds. It has nothing to do with Firestarter. And I don't really find it entertaining watching people catch on fire. I did, they, you know, if it's well, an let's animated... stop and talk about that film for a minute. As you know, there was the um, uh, 1985 film uh, yeah. starring, what's her name? I was just on that. Drew Barrymore. She was nine Drew years Barrymore. old. Drew Barrymore. I enjoyed it with Martin Sheen and yes. this film seemed like it did its job. There's a Stephen King novel, by the way. It was uh, a cheap this... Stephen King movie. Like we it... haven't seen those before. As if we haven't seen those before. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the shining was a good Stephen film, Stephen King film. And I think uh, pet cemetery was all right. A lot of them were not good. Firestarter yeah. was good, but I don't think this one was as good as the original. They just sort of remade it. Yeah, it's um, a Blumhouse horror picture, which is cheap and effective and does its job. And yes. I guess that's what I can say. And I thought she was fine in it. I, I We'll talk about it later, but 
there was controversy. They had originally nominated yeah, made her 13-year-old worst, actress. One of the worst supporting actresses. And I don't think she did a bad job acting no. in that film at all. The direction is to be dour. Zach Efron, one of the funniest guys you'll you'll see, bright Disney face. He dour. was the dad. Dour. Yeah, he was he was the Martin Sheen. I don't know. Uh the Jurassic got negative reviews for sure. Okay, yeah. Jurassic Park World Dominion. Okay, that gets my vote. End the story. What a fucking ripoff. I don't care for these characters. I the original characters were really fun. It was great to see BD Wong. He never leaves well, the lab at the last right. scene. Okay, they were back together though for the first time. The uh, what's her name, Dern yeah. and Goldblum, and what is his name, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. So they were back together for the first time. Is that Lord Dern is great, great in this movie? Yeah, she acts, she yeah. really, really acts, and that's the reason why you look at Bryce Howard, uh, uh, Reese or whatever her name is, she doesn't really have that gumption. Like these characters. First off, let me just say the original characters were human beings with jobs that get stuck in this circumstance and tries to survive. Chris okay. Pratt is a is a dinosaur trainer who is really good on a motorcycle who escapes dinosaurs chasing him through the streets on a motorcycle. He's like Superman. Yeah, these other people are human beings who are stuck in circumstances. He is like every man, every superhero man. And I now just this was... yeah. yeah, go ahead. He was every superhero. <laughs> Yeah, so like I just didn't care for him. Did not care for him. Okay. Uh okay, I want to say about this film that it's the sixth film in Jurassic Park world and Which it's plays... going to be the end, the last one ever. And when we talk about the bubble, the bubble is a dinosaur movie and it's the sixth film. You know, we we're we're not there yet, but this film, no kidding, Jurassic World Dominion, no kidding, it inspired the bubble. Because yeah. that's what they had to do. They had to go to a hotel and and they had to do that like two week quarantine and um, basically, you know, and they have their Hollywood uh, egos and it inspired that film. Um, now, this was a financial hit. It made a billion dollars. Well, I mean, revenue. It grossed a billion dollars worldwide and other sure. Jurassic Park films were not um, a hit. That's not it, true. I mean, well, the other Jurassic World movies. Yeah, not Jurassic Park itself. Jurassic World, correct. Um, this was the fourth film in the franchise to gross one billion. The 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 other uh, the highest probably gross Lost World, I think, grossed them a million. The sequel. Uh, okay, so I don't have it in front of me, but we know Jurassic Park did well. Yeah. Um, this was the. Third film released in the aftermath of COVID-19 to gross a billion, big deal. The fourth film in the franchise to gross a billion. The third highest grossing film of 2022. Unfavorable reviews. Yep. Right, Dallas Howard, that's her name. Listen. That gets your vote. Yeah, that gets my vote. I feel like sequels evolve, sequels go. Wherever direction they're going, they lost me, like, the park was funny. It was dumb humans you have dumb animals that got to stink, and those dumb animals kill the humans. That's funny, right? Right. And then right. they go to San Diego, and the second one is based on, and they, and then the third one they go back to the park. The first world movie was funny because people are bored at the amusement park, so let's make them super dinosaurs. And then when super, the super right. dinosaurs attack, we'll you, you remember that guy in the crowd who's running with holding two margaritas, running away yeah. from the. Yeah, that was funny. That had some social commentary. There's nothing like that. I this is about cloning humans and 
I'm sorry. I just I don't care anymore. Make your money and don't call it art. Don't get me involved. It's a ripoff. Gotcha. Okay. So that's my so vote. You vote Jurassic Park World Dominion. I vote, you vote 365. Just because I hate it. Just because yep. I hate You make great points about World Dominion. You really do. And if if I if it wasn't for 365 days, it would be between. I would probably pick Pinocchio, I guess. I think the problem with six, 365 is such an inside joke among Razzie uh, members and not the, uh -huh. the public. So oh, that's no. a, yeah. Okay, cool. Worst screenplay? Worst screenplay. We got bon Blonde Pinocchio, Good Morning, Jurassic World, Dominion, Morbius. Now, we've covered all of these uh, films in our discussion, so we don't need to go through them, so we can go right to it. So what do you think about Blonde as worst screenplay? I think it is worst screenplay. That's it's, what I'm thinking too. Yeah. He, the directions he made are terrible. I Obviously, now that you told me, it is obvious. It has nothing to do with the novel that Joyce Carol Oates wrote. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this topic. Nothing new. It was actually even worse to watch her blow the president of the United States without yeah, it terrible. being an actual straight-out porno movie. Yeah, It gets my vote. Now, Pinocchio created a dead wife, created a dead son. I don't know. It's got reasons why you would pick it. Yeah. Good Morning was stupid, but I respect them. I respect they it. Did. Jurassic Park World Dominion. This thing was the same old film. You had this like corporate evil guy mm -hmm. who, who they're trying to make, um, you know, uh, Musk, Elon Musk or. or right. well, he's uh, also, can we say he's minded? Like, I'm tired of watching characters like that. If he's autistic, he's autistic. Not every, you know, billionaire is like that. But yeah, he act, he acted a little Elon-ish. Don't look up. He looked like that guy. I think Morbius was fine, you know. Yeah. I, like you, I'm going for Blonde. Now, why are we picking Blonde? I think the direction that this, that I think the perspective is terrible. I think the choices made were terrible. I think yeah. it should have been a female director, maybe. If you, it's a tired take of a tired topic, and it was awful to sit through. And I don't think the guy likes people. I don't think he likes women. Yes, I don't right. think he likes men. And it just shows in this film. Now, so. this director said on many interviews, well, many, it's two that I have, that uh, he, he, it's the first time he ever had a female as the center of his uh Topic she and did a fantastic job. She did a great job, and she's worthy of a nomination and for Oscars. I think, like, she really did. The movie would have fallen apart with someone else. The only thing I criticize, but I don't think it's her. I think it's the direction. Is the Babe in the Woods act throughout uh -huh. the entire film? Come you didn't on, like that, Daddy. Well, Daddy, you, you didn't like that. I didn't do yeah, good, Daddy. <laughs> She's been through two marriages. She's been through a rise to fame. She's been through abortions. She's been through an abusive mother. She, she's been through, I mean, she can't, you know, everything was like, where's my daddy? She wasn't a little girl. She was a drug addict and she had had her life experiences. She shouldn't have been a, a um, babe in the woods for the entire film. I agree. Blonde, worst screenplay. All right. Okay, let's talk about the worst director. We've got Blonde, Morbius, The Bubble, Disney's Pinocchio, Good Morning. And this is a tough one for me. Oh, it was the easy one for me. Okay, are you going to go with Blonde? Nope. Okay, I lean towards Blonde. 
And Good Morning gets a maybe from me. I think the bubble was fine. Why don't we talk about the bubble? We haven't covered I that. am voting for the bubble. Okay, you are. Uh, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, I don't know him personally. I know him through his films. His films are really good. King okay. of Staten Island is probably the best film he's done, best film I've seen in a while. Okay. Very touching, very funny. People hanging out, very real. He did two documentaries about HBO content. He did one about his old colleague, uh, Gary Shandling, which is this fantastic yeah. four-hour, two-part documentary. He did a similar take about George Carlin. Again, these are H it's HBO documentaries about HBO comedy properties that they have, but they should be celebrated. And I thought his documentary on George Carlin this last year was fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. So he's really a well good director, but you this think was he's a misstep. This was a huge, huge, huge misstep. The humor was the the premise was there. We're gonna piss on Jurassic Park Dominion trying to shoot a world trying to shoot during the pandemic. But none of the Pete Davidson hangs out with his buddies and watches a purge movie and it's funny, right? There's none of that hangout vibe in there. There's like really forced kind of jokes that don't really fly. This idea of you have to be isolated is so boring. You're rich and you're in a rich hotel and you're bored or like. But didn't it make you laugh a lot of, lot of times? They, I thought the puppeteers that were on stage as the dinosaurs yeah. kind of sold the show. They were very funny. I thought that it was unrealistic. Like, they don't die of COVID. They die because of security alarms blowing them up or some shit like that. It's right. just, you know, it it was very, very flabby. And what about, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I like the director. You know, it reminds me of the director of Co The Cobbler. He won an Oscar that year for Search and Spotlight. Sand, uh, Sandler, right? Adam Sandler movie where Adam. he becomes a different person when he wears her shoes. It's a yeah. terrible movie. That director made Spotlight, that Searchlight, the fantastic movie about the Boston newspaper un uncovering the church scandal. Right. And he won an Oscar that year. So I feel like it's the Spotlight? same thing. Is that what it was called? Spotlight? Spotlight, yeah. Is that so one that, with Michael Keaton? That's exactly right. You know what blew me away in that film? And I'm going on a tangent. The guy goes, okay, so most of the sex happening in the you know Catholic church is between nuns and priests, right? But I was like, whoa, stop. What do you mean? That's, <laughs> ah, just, that's you know, pretty crazy to begin with. Screwing. That's I, a controversy. I think I just feel like the same thing happened to Apato. He this bubble movie was not good. His other films that he released, you know, in the last two years are fantastic. Top. You know top what's ironic tier. is that this film is about how long they were stuck, right? But this, in reality, it only they only they shot this in two months. Can you believe it? Boom. Um, yeah, all star cast for sure. This was the first time I saw David Duchovny like have a facial expression. I thought that was good. I loved when she lost her hand. She was like, "What?" I just, yeah, I just... she was. Leslie Mann was very funny in it. I know their daughters in it. She was fine in that movie. You know, it's. I don't mind his nepotism. I don't mind his tangents. I mind flabbiness. The humor. And this is Carl. This is the only movie on the list that actually acknowledges the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Yes, that's right. And a lot of them were affected by it. Yeah. Um, okay, so you are voting for... Uh, Ted Apatow, director. And yeah. I am voting for Blonde, because I think this guy really dropped the ball with his conceit and his budget and his... I just think it was a really foolish movie. Uh, 
I, Fair enough. you know, if you're doing a biography, why would you make it a fictitious bio? Like, because why he's a legend. He's 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 talking about the legend. I yeah, yeah I, I agree. I thought he was bad. I thought step. the the bubble was a bigger misstep for me, and I was uh-huh. just, I was really disappointed. I'm not saying he's a shitty director. I'm saying this movie was poorly. This directed. movie was done yeah. poor. Okay, okay. So we now move on to worst supporting actress, and here we've got some new films to talk about. Yeah, the three fifty five was like a spy. Um, it's an international. Yeah, international cast sounded like 1899 with the different languages going off. Uh, Jessica Chastain, be careful what you wish for is what I thought because I love Jessica Chastain and I wish she was in every action movie ever. And I got mm-hmm. my wish. This movie, like, <laughs> this is the one. They remind me of the A Team. Nothing bad will ever happen to them, even though a lot of drastic death happens. Uh, but. Th- they could walk in and not get harmed. And so a lot of it just kind of dissipated. Like, of course, they're going to have a fight scene. Of course, at the end, they're going to be fine. So it wasn't really yes. engaging to me. However, Jessica Chastain is one of the best action movie stars I've seen. And her fighting scenes were great. Um, and it was an all-star cast. And which, So let's talk about the nominees in this movie. Penelope Cruz was fine. Right. Her character was terrible. Her character was a therapist hired by a spy agency to talk to a spy so it's kind of like mel gibson and dangerous right he's the therapist she's the therapist that's going to talk yeah, to yeah that's right the Ch- the clint eastwood kids film yeah yeah, yeah. scott scott eastwood is is dangerous i enjoyed that film yeah i mean it had its moments uh but this film was like so she talks to that that handsome guy the spanish guy and she's very flat and she's very informative then the guy gets shot in the fish market, and she's like, Ayuda! She suddenly <laughs> has so much emotion. And then she decides to be a spy, even though she has absolutely no training. It's not only is she good, but she can also seduce people. And suddenly her character is like a seduct- fake seductress to get this billionaire involved. And it's like, did she learn that in therapy school? Mm, it, yeah. It wasn't right. her acting. It was the character that was really just didn't make a lick of sense. Now, do you think that uh, Chastain, Chastain would have been good in Blonde as a Marilyn? Yeah. Didn't you see that uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, The Eyes of Tammy Faye? No. Do you recommend it? She's fantastic it? in it. Do you, I yeah. think she won an Oscar for it. She's great in it. You think I should watch it? Yeah, it's on HBO somewhere. H- what is uh, it? The Eyes of the, Tammy Baker. If you have the chance to see the documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, that the movie's based on, it's a Tammy much better. Faye? Wait, Tammy Baker, isn't she the wife of Jim yeah, Baker? Yeah, Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, okay. oh, so they Tammy made a documentary, Faye. and she, she was involved in it, and it's uh-huh. a great documentary. And the movie is kind of based on the documentary. The documentary is better. I would recommend it. Do you I remember don't... why it's called the 355? Yes, because uh, Washington George Washington had a female okay. spy, yeah, yeah, and it. they called her Agent 355. Right. And then Dan Chastain says, it's not because – we didn't know who she was it's because she didn't want people to know her name that they knew her name and they weren't going to tell her so at the end these international spies become their own agency okay so it bombed at the box okay but you don't vote for it right i was going to vote for penelope cruz but i feel like she's an oscar winner who did who did her job the character itself was just completely batshit and didn't make a lick of sense so it's the character not her okay so then we have Lorraine Bracco in 
Pinocchio. Pinocchio. So I'm trying to look out, look right now to see what she did. It, okay, so what was her character? Okay, yeah. here's Wikipedia and cast. Lorraine Bracco as the voice of Sophia, a seagull. Ah, we oh, know the seagull. seagull. Yeah, and this, the seagull did have a Lorraine Bracco voice. Right, right. Yeah. Now we know what what uh, what it. All right, whatever. I thought it was a younger actor doing that voice. I thought it was like someone else. She's fine. But I guess she doesn't get your vote either. No, no, and I, I have someone. I picked someone already, but I not her. Now, Bing Bing. Bing. Right. She's a punching now, bag. She's been nominated before. Okay. She played the non-speaking mermaid in The King's Daughter. Uh-huh. And you don't – so, yeah, you already told me that's yeah. not – And then okay. she, her character in the 355, yeah. you know, her English is flat, and her – when she speaks Chinese, she's a lot more uh, acting. But she was fine in it. She played the characters. She was, you know, an empty slate. Okay. So then I think you're probably not going to pick Morbius – she was fine. She was not the problem in that movie. That I'm, leaves only Mira Servina. Yeah. And you know, this is the same circumstance with Mod Sun, and I apologize, of course, to these nominees. I'm voting for her because I have seen the movie Lamborghini. Yeah, me too. You I'm know what? It, it's kinda like it doesn't make the finish line. Like it's it has so much. And Frank Grillo is great. Right, this guy who's in every shitty beat action movie, he's acting in this film, and it was going to be Antonio Banderas. Oh, well, Grillo does that a good job, an and he's choice. he's he's listed as an executive producer, so he got some effort out of it. Okay, so uh, it was also confirmed that Antonio Banderas and Alec Baldwin had been cast as huh. Lamborghini uh, as an adult. Grillo did so, a good job. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. He looked great in the suits. Okay, now, uh, Lorraine Servina, uh, she is a good actress, at least in history, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah, I'm she's... voting for her too, but I want you to know that, you know, Mira, I want Mira to know herself that I'm apologizing, but this yes. was, you did not do a good job. Okay, there's two scenes. One is the dinner scene yes. in which they're having a confrontation. That could have been a great scene. She was you not hear, there. She wasn't present. Right. She you was, hear the dialogue and what she's talking about and where she came from in the relationship to where it is now. She could have killed. And I know this actress. What right. did we? She was with uh, Phoebe in that. Uh, she was with the. Yes, she part. had a run in the nineties. Romy, Romy and Michelle's films. high school reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She oh, had no, a run in the nineties of a lot of great films. She's in three scenes in this movie, and. She doesn't really hit her marks. She doesn't seem no. present in it. She's a movie star that doesn't have a movie star presence in this film. Yeah. Congratulations, Razzie. You finally found somebody I could vote for in an obscure movie, which I would yeah. have never watched otherwise. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm voting for her, but I'm holding my nose. I think it's punching down, honestly, voting for worse women. Um, no, it's what well, I don't know what you mean by that. I um, mean that me as a guy, I'm voting on on female actresses saying they suck. I don't feel wow, great you about are it. woke. You are so woke. That's right. That's is, right. I never use that word. Woman. Why is it a woman? It's just an actress. I mean, okay. she didn't do a good job. They're, they're following the, the they're following the format of the Oscars, so you have to have 
uh, we're supporting, but it's can not necessary. Can only women vote for women? Can only men vote for men? You're not punching down. Are you above a woman that you're punching down? Sometimes I, I feel like, like I'm punching world. down when I when I have to vote for worst supporting actress. That's okay. all. So it's... I think also there was the scene in which she leaves him, and she could have nailed that too. Nailed it. It was a public scene. There was a great scene in the in the in the restaurant where he's flirting shamelessly flirting with this woman while and then right. Mia Severus tells his son like just leave and then yep. she confronts him and I just it misses the mark so yeah congratulations Razzies for finding a bad performance for me to vote for that was a big stretch. Okay, uh, now worst screen combo. I'm real like mad at the Razzies for this because uh, okay wait a second wait a second. Wait, I think I'm suddenly. I think I was thinking about this wrong. It says worst screen combo. It doesn't see worst screen. That's right, couple. combo. Oh, they they. Well, it's usually it used couple. to. Yeah. Okay. All right. My complaint in the past was they were doing these jokes like Tom facing Tom Hanks in his face, you know, and that's not a screen couple. But they changed it. These son bitches. Combo. Yeah, combo. Well, last year they nominated Jared Leto and his terrible uh, accent in House of Gucci. Yeah, they did that for. Yeah, I remember that. I was mad at them for that too, because... but it was couple. I understand. Let's talk about Tom Hanks. He was obviously a heightened character. He was the villain. He was, you know, he was a composite. He did wear fake makeup. It was distracting. Not the worst out of the list. So you vote, oh, not the worst. Okay. No, I'm not voting for him. Now, we've makeup. got JFK and Marilyn Monroe in the blowjob scene. We've, I, I, I'm inclined to vote for that because it was repugnant. Me too. Me too. And it wasn't okay. necessary. Like, here's your chance to, to film a scene, show it to the world, and this is what you decide to do. So Marilyn blow the president and – Either it wasn't not hardcore enough for my taste, or it was just in poor taste. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, if if it was like okay, if there was like a small porno movie on Pornhub that said Marilyn Monroe blows the president. Okay, now I'm excited. Yeah, right. If you're making this movie, you're doing exactly what I've already said it before, haven't I? Okay, the two sequels was my next runner up because I hated (laughs) that. You didn't like Machine Gun Kelly and Mod Son. You don't think they've they're best, they've been think, best friends for so long. I don't think they deserve to be in this category. I don't think they're the worst. Do you think I the think, director of Blonde has an issue with women? Yes, I definitely uh, yeah. I can't. It, okay, not knowing him, but reading his interview stuff, I think, yeah, I think he does. I'm going, I'm going with him showing the blowjob scene. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, worst actress. Now, is this the last nominee? No, we have worst uh, actor. Too. We yeah, have okay. worst actor left. Worst okay. actress. Um, first one up is the actress from Firestarter, and they retracted it because of her age. Which and so honestly, the Razzies are saying, you want to give it to us because we fucked up. No, first off, I watched all these fucking movies. Yeah. I'm not copping out and voting for that. Second of all, Okay. These nominations are fucking ageist anyway. Half the joke is that, you know, Sylvester Sloan is 80 and Diane Keaton is 70 and they're still doing their shtick. It's mm-hmm. ageist, right? This We have uh, Alicia Silverstone listed in the Rockin', whatever it's yeah. called, Rockin', 
which the is queen. a French word for shark. Yes. Right. She goes to where Vietnam. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Vietnam. We get this. The movie starts off with this graphic stillborn uh, miscarriage. Yeah. And with the blood and her memory of it. So it's a pretty heavy hand to start off with. But really, she and her is. husband goes to this beautiful beach house right in the water in, in Vietnam. And unfortunately, a hurricane knocks the house into the water, which is it covered with sharks. It floats away. It floats away. And there's sharks, 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 CGI sharks. And like open water and all these like real-time-ish one-day torture porn movies you have to wait till the end to see what actually happens. Yeah, that's right. You have to wait till the end. And the end was like a stupid kind of jokey pun, th- not pun. Uh, it, it, the, the sign said, beyond this uh, line, it's dangerous. And she looks at the camera like, yeah, no shit. No shit. You know? Yeah, I'm on this side. I don't know. Now, like those this movies was are filmed in Orlando, Florida. What? Can you believe that? That no. they just wanted to make a film. She got voted for for worst actress, partially because she has a reputation of, of some people feel that she's not a good actress. I'm not okay, one of those people. I do not agree with the Razzie. She should not have been nominated. It was a not. sucky film. But when she was okay, so she was on the phone with her mother and sister, right, yeah, and talking the about the pain of losing the child. I think she was really acting when they were out there in the water, and the the husband cuts his foot and the blood goes into You're the right. water and she gets she, this post-traumatic shock uh she did a great job acting job. that she i acted think like she was a, fine she acted her age which is probably why she got the nomination she acted her age she responded to the terror like a person her age would do like i would do at that age and mm-hmm. she looked like a human being so that's probably so why me, i want to say this about her age okay she was looking old. That's not a bad thing. It's a right. good thing. She looked great. These people, like um, uh, when Harry met Sally, lady, like they 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 start getting right. older and right. So they they, they want to stay a kid. It's ridiculous. You look like a freak. You need to grow as an actress and play the mom, play the grandma, play the um the she worker the who's getting she... laid off. You know, there's yeah. roles for you as a mature woman. I'm a big fan of hers, and I thought she did a really good job acting this film. The film was just kind of had a running time, and it ran its time, and it ended. And yeah, you know, it's I've seen other films. I guess uh, All Is Lost with Robert Redford. He's an old yeah, guy. I remember that. So I fast forward to the end to see if he survived. You, you know, did? I did. Yes, no. I couldn't hear less. Listen, I was watching that film the whole time. And he was going to die. That is what was going to happen. Does he? No, he got saved at the last fucking millisecond of that film. He was just, he was like, that's it. All is lost. I'm dead. And that's the second he got saved. Gotcha. I don't think she deserves worse actress. I don't think she deserves it. So what, okay. Now Bryce Dallas Howard, she wasn't a bad actress. Yeah, but look, given the circumstance and given the fact that Laura Dern chose is was so much better, she only has three scenes in this movie, and they're usually it's under the shadow of of her husband. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's not there's nothing urgent for her to do in this movie, and the bubble makes fun of that too. 
They're mm-hmm. like one of the characters, like you know, you weren't in the last one, and now you're back, and there's really you don't really have anything to do, and you don't, you don't have anything to do outside of these movies, and that's unfortunate for her. I don't think she did a great job out of this list. She probably had the worst performance, but you know, I'm, I'm okay, picking here. Bryce Dallas Howard, is that your vote? Well, Diane Keaton was fine. Mac and Rita. Again, it it never crossed the finish line for me. It it yeah. seemed like a ninety percent there movie. I enjoyed what it was, which was a great premise. Here's a thirty year old woman who has a, who's an old soul, right? You, we met people who you could see the old person in them, right? They My act like Scott. an old person, like was the Angela old, Lansbury. Old, old. She was a hottie, but we all know yeah. her. She all came into that old woman role, and she played an old woman in the Manchurian Candidate, even though she was yes. the same age as Sinatra, give or yes, take. Yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, or Lawrence Harvey, who was supposed to play his her uh, son. So, this movie is that this this woman wished she was an old lady. She's written novels about her grandma, uh, memoirs about her grandma. She goes to Simon Rex's giant tent, and Simon Rex, who was great in in uh, Red Rocket, gets a very funny two scenes. He he was more of a cameo than anything else. Yes, and, he had two cameos, yeah. right? And he turns her into an old woman. It's wish fulfillment. You know, she he wishes he didn't to be, know he was doing it. He was surprised. He was he was he shocked. Yeah, and he didn't even recognize her, even though that happened. There is no explanation back. why, what, how it happened, why it happened. The fact that he wasn't there when she came to and was Diane Keaton. This film really jumps through a lot of hoops to try to make it a little more in depth and make it, you know, like the grandmas were really funny, and a lot of them are like, you know, character actors I've seen in other films. The the wine club they were funny. But they didn't, I don't know, it's just this movie missed something. It was too pristine. Her apartment in Los Angeles had hundreds of books and thousands of board games. And it just looked like it was set design, you know. And Right, right, right. And also, the guy falling in love with Diane Keaton, it's not that it was unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But the thing is, it was never addressed on himself as an internal conflict. Like, it is inappropriate to be with a 70-year-old woman, a person who could be my mom plus. There, that was never explored until Diane Keaton freaked out on him. I know. thought it was bad taste that he would go back on on his girlfriend's, this woman's aunt. Like, they had chemistry together, and she obviously liked him, and then suddenly he's macking on the aunt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she kind of says in dialogue, like, I'm the aunt. Like, remember that, conversation, that awful conversation we had about shrimp? I'm reprising it because, and he goes, oh, you magically turned into an old lady. It's the same person. <laughs> but that, no, but he never, she keeps it a secret. She doesn't keep it a secret from the best friend, but she keeps it a secret from him. Oh, that was a passionate kiss one year later at the Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. Let me say that uh, there's a woman named Taylor Page. She played the best friend. Yeah. Carla, right? Wait. She was a great actress. She she did her she job exactly right. She, she was getting married. Uh, Mac was her her best woman, you know, and bridesmaid. Uh, brides, and, yeah. You know, what do you call just, her? It's maid of honor. Maid of honor, right? Yeah, and so that was kind of like I don't know. It just never really got explored. I wish there was some another X factor to this movie. This movie was pretty grounded, pretty adult. It just seemed like something was missing. I don't think it was Diane Keenan's fault. Again, it's COVID acting. She played, she was just in her room by herself and they shot her scenes. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, she, no, she was, throughout I mean, the whole film, she was with. 
there was she, people, but there were some people. scenes where she was just in a room by herself. And that's what I mean by COVID. It's just one person and the, they shoot one person. That's it. Okay. Now, gonna... I think she doesn't, I don't think she did a great job as an actress in this film, but I don't think it's bad enough to no. be worst actress. No, I, I agree. I mean, she's supposed to be the same character and it doesn't seem that way. Like, it doesn't seem like she studied the original actress who played the 30 year old character yeah. to see, to have the same quirks, but she did fine. Uh, and then Bryce, I don't know, out of the bunch, I thought she was the weakest. The King's okay, daughter was but fine. The thing is, what did she do? Okay. No, wait, King's daughter, you just said was fine. King's yeah. it was King. This actress in King's, first of all, her, her accent was horrible. It was terrible. And her, like, nicey-nice, I don't know. It, she, For me, she's going to win. I think that Bryce Dallas Howard didn't do anything wrong. Okay, what does it mean, a bad actress? Like, we look at, at um, Marie, Marie, what's her name, Servino? We look at her, and we know she could have nailed she this She could have nailed it. Right, yeah. She didn't. That's when I say you're you're a worst actress. I think that I, Bryce I, Dallas Howard didn't do any scenes in which she showed a weak. You know, she was scared for her adoptive daughter. Uh, I'm not going to vote for anybody. I'm I'm I agree with you. I was going to vote for Bryce Dallas Howard because she's blank, but she's not given anything. She's in six scenes in a two and a half hour movie, and yeah. she doesn't do anything. It's unfortunate Laura Dern doesn't do anything and is fantastic in this movie to kind of show that you can add personality, you can act in these roles, but she's not given the opportunity. I, I'm actually going to leave this field blank. I'm I'm sick of it, is, the whole can controversy. Can we do it? Can we yeah, do of course. that? Yeah, of course. I didn't know that. Okay, then I will leave it blank too because I was going to vote for Kayla. Kay she's fine. She's like a Hallmark Channel actress. She she has the smirk. Yeah. She falls in love with the right person. She she emotes. She was she wasn't the yeah. worst in that movie. Okay, so then, okay, we said we weren't going to cop out and give it to the Razzies, but what else can we do? Silverstone you know, was you're right. fine. I mean, Keaton was fine. Just, Howard was fine. You gonna vote for that? I uh, guess so, just to not have a vote. And yeah, it's all right. honest because these other ones were fine by us. So listen, all I'm gonna say is that I wish the Academy listens and drops these force rules. Like, just look at the bad movies. Look at the performances. If something stands out, we'll nominate it. If a movie's bad, forcing them into these categories is just a drag sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We have to justify worst supporting actress. It just gets tiresome. Well, right. I mean, oh. was okay. Do they? Okay, let's. We're almost done with this category, but just because you said that, did they really think that Alyssa Silverstone was bad? I mean, I could see why they would think Diane Keaton was bad. Yeah, Diane but, Keaton, but, right? There was some missteps in it. It's because she has. Steps. Yeah, they all have histories of not being good actors of have Actresses. of bad roles, so they keep. Dredging up these names every year. Sylvester Sloan, for example, coming up. No, but I that's gonna be my choice. He oh, was really? horrible. He was bad. Uh, I, th I I'm not a fan of his, but it was a decent movie. I mean, he was okay and he did the thing. He walked. 
you know, and his the body double was there for the scenes where people talk, <laughs> and his stuntman Wasn't was it there. Unrealistic? Let's talk about this film, Samaritan. Yeah. Wasn't Samaritan. it completely unrealistic that burning fire they were in for about 25 minutes? Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Ridiculous. I agree with you. That little boy would have died of, of absolutely. Okay, so one time I go to an air show and they were doing a Vietnam reenactment in which they were using napalm. Okay, now there was us in the parking lot, then you had the airstrip, and then you had this grassy area behind the airstrip. Okay, they they dropped that napalm so far away from us we could feel the heat like if you would turn to the left you'd feel it on the left side of your face you turn to the right you feel it on the right side of your face it was so hot you cannot be standing in a fire a burning building yeah it's like an oven it's an oven yeah this is basically like a street level superhero movie where it's more about crimes on the street and gangs than it is about flying spacemen. So yeah. I kind of like that. I like that aspect of it. Granite city's grittiness. Basically mm-hmm. there was twins. And that's the thing about this film. If you're going to have a Sylvester Stallone evil twin movie, you wait until the final reel to, to see the, the evil twin. Well, he never, we never saw the twin, right? He had, he, we're the- going to spoil the movie. The evil twin is actually the good guy. Yeah, so I don't mind spoiling movies, and if people watch our show, they know right. I'm doing that all the time. But This is for the voters, anyway. Yeah, you need to have seen this film to vote on it. Now, in the end, he reveals he wasn't Samaritan. He wasn't the good guy. He killed Samaritan. He, he was, was Nemesis. And that's why he stopped being a superhero, because he really was stopping being a supervillain. He didn't want to hurt people anymore. Why do you think he was? He's the worst actor. Because of his performance. Because while I was watching it, I thought he was shitty. I thought he was walking through it. Okay. You don't. Okay. Well, well I, let's. I, I, I already. Know, I, it's obvious who I'm voting for, but it's not going to be Sylvester Stallone. Uh, let's obvious. just see. I'm, for I'm Samaritan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jared Leto gets my vote. Okay. For Sylvester, for Samaritan, I just want to, what was interesting to me, it's a co-production of Metro Goldwyn Mayer and Balboa Productions. Balboa. Balboa. Oh, Um, uh, that's pretty cool. And then also I should mention his co-star, Martin Starr, the conspiracy theory that the boy talks to. Yes. They're both in Tulsa Kings together. Nothing really interesting to say. Okay, so for you, it's not Sylvester Stallone. No. Now, Tom Hanks gets a shot. We've already talked about how We already bad. talked about it. It wasn't a good performance. Okay. Now, Pete Davidson in Marmaduke, I don't want to give it to him, although it was sucky, because it was a cartoon. It, it was what you wanted. The kids want to hear his voice, and he delivered. Right. And I wanted yeah. to hear his voice. There yeah. was already a live-action Marmaduke movie. This is a Netflix children's film where it's cheap animation. It has nothing to do with, with the original strip other than there's a big dog named Marmaduke. It's not the old man neighbor right. that, that was a that 2010, 2010 live-action film. That, or maybe you're not talking about that, but Marmaduke yeah. was also... Oh, yeah, were, it, was okay. already, it was already done as a kid's live-action film. So this is just a Netflix content. They singled out Pete Davidson. I thought his he was flat. He was off-putting, and he was yeah. delightful in this movie. It was exactly what this film needed was his his voice, yeah, and, and it delivered. So I, I don't, 
Jared Leto got, oh, Machine Gun Kelly, he's not a good actor. And he does like impressions of other actors. Like he does his Jim Carrey and he does his this. Yes, he did do a Jim Carrey and he did on Batman. I think he was fine. I think he was fine. And listen, you know his accent, right? I believed he was an American. Oh, yeah. For the whole film, I I thought that was his accent. I didn't realize he was British until after the end. Jared Leto. He makes decisions. He House of Gucci was a decision. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was definitely entertaining. He was just horrible in House of Gucci. He was terrible in Morbius too. Morbius, he the weight on his shoulders should be there for for dragging this film. I wish you know, and he did. He all messed up here because I was going to vote for Sylvester Stallone because he really is a bad actor. He was great in Rocky. Hey, he was I agree great. with you, but he was okay in this movie. I really wanted to hate him in this film. I really do. All his films are ripoffs to me. They deliver. They promise something and never deliver. And he it delivered. He's a gruff guy with a hood over and a lunchbox, yeah. and he walks around the homeless centers. But they're not really homeless centers because they're actually bad guys disguised on how right. you know. Like, then I guess I have to vote for Tom Hanks. Okay. Jared gets my vote. Okay. And okay. I think that's, that's all she wrote. We are about ahead to and... submit ballot. Let's... Let me make oh. sure everything's cool. Yep. Go through the list. I'm going to go through my list, make sure everything's checked off. Okay. So we're supporting actor. I said Mod Sun from Good Morning. Mod Sun gets my vote. The guy he also gets hair. your vote. Then for the worst ripoff, Blonde was a serious runner-up. I say it was both 365, and you said Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. For worst screenplay, we both said blonde. It it just, it made shit up. It just, okay. Worst director, I said blonde. You said. Judd Apatow. The bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with your apologies, because he's a good director. I have a lot of apologies to these people, but it was not well directed. We both agree on uh, Mira Sorvino. She is a very talented human being. She could have nailed that. She had three roles in this movie and didn't deliver. Yep. Three scenes. Yep. Yeah. Um, Worst screen combo. We both. Did you. Did you say it as well? I think we both said the fallacious White House scene. The fallacious White House bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Okay. Worst actress just for lack of a bad actress here. They were all either just fine or good. I thought Alicia Silverstone was good. We went with. <clears throat> the Razzie's blunder of nominating a 13-year-old. Uh, either that or I abstain from voting for worse actress. Right. Well, what are you going to do for real on the ballot? Uh, I'm putting down, should we give the Razzie's a well-earned Razzie for this year's world? Okay. And with with a caveat to say that ageism is not just singling out 12-year-olds. It's singling out 70-year-olds as well. But how is it ageism? Because Diane Keaton was celebrated for being a 70-year-old woman. Right. Well, first off, I'm sorry she's not old enough for Brady, that she's not 80 for Brady. She's 70 for Mac and Rita. Okay. Uh, She has a certain shtick. Like Richard Gere, his hair is always perfect. Diane Keaton, she always has these crazy outfits. And she had a wardrobe specialist listed in the end credits. No, but how is it ageist? Because they were supporting her age. But because it's like Alyssa Silverstone. She's known as a bad actress. So anything she does, they'll always nail her. Oh, the Razzies was being ageist, not Mac and Rita. No, no. Mac and Ruby was kind of a weird. It was was funny about that. Yeah. 
Okay, worst actor. I wanted to say Sylvester Stallone. You talked me out of it. That's because, okay, he was in that movie in uh, Garrison, New Jersey, which he was the cop. That was a Copland. good one. Copland. Copland. He, of course, Rocky, we know. But he's in other stuff that is just so shitty. Judge I didn't like him in Copland. Oh, yeah? But yeah. didn't you think he was being a real actor for a change? No. I oh. thought it was a hype about him being a real actor, but I didn't feel it. Okay. So that's why I was voting for him because I think he's notoriously bad, but you talked me out of it. Yeah. This he was fine you're in this movie. For... He's notorious. Yeah. I'm going yeah, so you're going with Tom Hanks as, right. as yeah, that overacting. I'm going with Jared Leto. There's Morbus is Morbi you know, we're morbing. Let's go yeah. morbing. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 you can't escape. Worst picture. Yeah. I said the king's daughter and you said Morbius. Morbius, right, right, right. Why did I ask that question? Blonde was, a, I think, for you too. Blonde was a serious runner-up. Serious. Okay. Submit ballot. Me too. Are and you by the... sure? Are you finished? Are you Are sure? You... We get to the next show already. <laughs> yes. Right. Submit ballot. Yes. Download receipt. Thank you. Download receipt. Okay. Well, results right. will be told on Monday. January 23rd. Well, that's wrong. What? Results will be told... On Monday, January 23rd. Okay. That's wrong. What is wrong? What is wrong? Well, it's Monday the 23rd already happened. So the nominating results are not... My, oh, okay. Where do you see that? Go, go ahead and, and uh, close that, that uh, ballot yes. receipt. Right there. Thank you for participating in this year's 43rd annual Razzie Awards. Look for oh nominating my God. results on Monday, January 23rd. Oh, my God. Razzies, you're fucking up, Razzies. Razzies, don't you have a webmaster? Yeah. We're in the 21st century. We love you, Razzies. We did it. We love you, audience. We made it an hour and 50 minutes. We uh, are an hour. Yeah, an hour 46. Yeah. We are... Uh, Bad podcast, Raz Academy members. It's very exciting to vote. I was very happy this year to learn that you, all you need to do is pay some money and you can be in the Razzies. That's part of the um, joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, great. Yeah, and people complain about that, but you know what? That's five months of Twitter at $8 a month, right? <laughs> and you're still giving your opinion. So, all right. Yeah. All right. I'm glad well, this happened. We did a lot of streaming. We watched, we did it. Uh, we want to thank you. Next week, we uh, we have a bunch of movies. Uh, we did this. This episode is a special episode. It bumped whatever we had next. But we'll yeah, should I just tell the audience what's next? I'll just go there right now. Oh, sure. I can't. I can't. I don't know why I can't. My head's like a sieve. I don't remember either. I, I, I don't have my external hard drive. I can't tell you what's coming up next. <laughs> but we've already mentioned it last week, probably. So. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be watching a full-length movie on YouTube. We'd love for you to join us. Join our podcast. Subscribe at LWAFLMOIT. We're in person on YouTube. You can watch our, watch the movie synced and watch us talk. And also, we have a Celebrity Comedian countdown. You can see the Celebrity Comedian on YouTube at LWAFLMOIT. And finally, YouTube. listen to Muni Radio. Right. Where we stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Thank you, Carl. And donut and donut. I mean, donate. Donate. Hit the donut button. Hit the donut donate. button. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. 
Love Thank you. Show. Thank you, audience. We'll see you guys next week. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turnoffs are guys who say Mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, 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 Mike that is a long acronym, and it's been long for a long time of years. That is that yeah. is longest name. Six years, seven years. You know, uh, I think we're approaching. That's why uh, we have two listeners. L W A. What was it again? Oh yeah, the other listener thinks they're listening to the L W A F podcast, long winded as fuck, <laughs> which is two guys watching Netflix shows. So, but we're not that. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, as our acronym describes. Right now, we're on MutinyRadio.fm every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, following Found Round Sound with Scott O. Last week, I called him Steve O. Oh, Scott O. Yeah, Scott O. We're also right now on YouTube, as we are every week. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, for the full experience. But you can DYI it today uh, by listening to our podcast and watching a full-length movie on YouTube at the same time. That's the premise. That's what the acronym stands for. Why do you need to know this acronym, Carl? We have a podcast, too. You can find it by searching L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. So you have three options right now. You're listening to us on Mutiny Radio Sunday. You're watching our YouTube channel or you're listening to our podcast. And all we ask in return, why don't you donate some money to Mutiny Radio? Go ahead to Venmo and send a couple bucks at Mutiny Radio. Uh, Carl, gosh, good to see you, man. Good what movie are we watching? Oh, I should mention, Carl is a co-host. Gotcha, Carl. Uh-huh. That, means, that means he wrote the theme song. He produces and edits the show. He interviews a celebrity comedian who will do our countdown to the movie today. And he researches the movie every week. But for today, it's the switcheroo. Carl asked me to research and watch several times a movie and presented today. Carl, what was that movie? That was Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. Oh. Green, that's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. Oh. The channel we like is Aminat Oldies. Aminat Oldies. Oldies. Terrific. 
Well, I'm really excited about that. Green Grow the Rushes, 1951. And you know what, Carl? Maybe if we're good, if we're good, and I don't have to pull this car over, I will sing you the folk song, Green Grows the Rushes. Oh, okay. I'm What's... looking forward to that. Oh, are you? I don't think you are. Well, I'm pretending. I don't think you want to know what this is about. Do you want okay. to know what it's about? Well, it's... there's rushes, and they grow. And when they grow, they appear green. Oh. So, okay, fair enough. Do you, do you know the the REM cover Green Rush the Green Grow the Rushes? Okay, so I did watch this film, and when I searched Hi. for it, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, just so I wasn't out of context, I didn't do yeah. any. Re I only watched right. it once. I hardly fair paid enough. attention, and I did see REM come up. Now, I was an REM fan. I thought I knew everything they did. I did not know they did. They did a song called Green Grass and Rushes, and if I could understand what the fuck he's saying, I think it is the, the folk song, which I will sing at the end. Okay. You know how you know how the 12 days of Christmas is Christmas is Christmas, Christmas but it's Christmas. not Christmas because we're not singing about anything Christian? Yes. It's the same song, but mm -hmm. every single night there's a fucking something about religion in it. So we're going to have to wait till the end of this movie. Man, we got a packed show for you tonight. Not only did we have an amazing introduction, we are going to watch Greengrass the Grushes. Go ahead, into your searches. Search for it. Okay. In the YouTube search engine, everyone put in Green Grow the Rushes, right. 1951. And the channel we like again was, what is an oldies? You're not going to find a lot of channels. I'm a nuts oldies. Right. It's the only movie version of Greengrass the Grushes. Yo. They did it again. Greengrass. Green Grows oh. the Rushes. Oh, oh God. Fuck. And I think right. that... that title has nothing to do with this film i mean they're in a marsh yeah you know it reminds me of mr show they could call it flippity do you know <laughs> but yeah no it's 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 crazy british farce uh green grass aggressive so go ahead hit that link hit pause Again. zero 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 what am i not pronouncing the name green pronouncing isn't the right word you're using different words <clears throat> green grush the grushes grow right green grush right. the grushes 1951. Bro. That's what you don't put in the YouTube search engine. Listen, so we did the introduction. We told them where to go. They got the link. We're about to launch into a pre-recorded interview Carl did with a celebrity comedian who yeah. is going to launch us into the movie. So yeah. we have, yeah, and then we'll be watching the movie. And at the end, I will sing this fucking song. All right. So what Looking a pack. <laughs> you know, most of these bad movie podcasts, Carl, they're two hours long because they talk about the movie. Ours is two hours long because we talk over the entire movie. Right. Right. Much better. All right. So we're going to kick this off, Carl. I am obviously very animated and excited to see this movie. So let us meet Carl. With, he's going to talk to a celebrity comedian. We'll learn about the celebrity comedian. And then they will do the countdown. And when they say go, hit go. And we'll see you then. I'll see you then. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Vahe Ho! Welcome, Vahe! Thank you so much. It's fantastic to be here. I'm Mike Spiegelman. I'm on this interview, too. I'm a good friend with Vahe, and I'm glad to have you on the Celebrity Comedian Countdown portion of our show. Usually Thanks. these interviews are conducted by Carl. We're going to pick your brain, Vahe. I know Vahe is a comedian in San Francisco, a very funny comedian, and also probably one of the best showrunners, has the best show, better than Cheaper Than Therapy, better uh -huh. than The Punchline, 
better than anything you're going to see. In fact, it, it's baked in the title, The Best of SF Stand-Up Showcase. Uh, Vahe, what led you into doing this? How did this happen? The show? The one yeah. that we've been doing for eight years? Um, well, I always knew I kind of wanted to have my own show because it's kind of nice. It gives you a lot of artistic freedom to experiment in whatever way you want because nobody can tell you that like they don't want you doing that. Um, except the audience, and the audience hasn't told me that. Like, the audience, you know, we've developed kind of a, a little bit of a following of people who, like, know where the show is every Friday, and they come back, and we feature the best comics in San Francisco, like Mike. In the title. The yeah, it's right there in the title, and uh, it's fun. So how did it come about? Yeah, I just, I just, um, well, we did a show for Variety, and then I approached them afterwards, and I was like, because it went so well, it was awesome. And uh, I was like, hey, do you want to work on, like, a regular show? And uh, they said, yeah. And so we did that. And it wasn't through, like, without, like, their great cooperation, it wouldn't be possible because, like, we certainly went through a lot of rough and rocky times. And I think, Mike, you were probably there for many of those. Yeah, uh, I should say, full disclosure, I worked the door for Vahe uh, for several years. The Variety Theater is one of the best theaters. It is one of the weird hidden gems in San Francisco. It's, it's a critics uh, theater screening room where for during the nineties, I went once, uh, but they all, you, all the critics would see the movies there and it's run by the Variety Theater, which is a charity group that does these charity runs and does the Vahe's live show. Now, what got you into comedy though, Vahe? I mean, what was the reason? What was your voice? Um, so always as a, as a child, like in I was like making people laugh and trying to like be silly. I was like always like the silly kid, you know. And uh, I think I was always like trying to, because there was a lot of seriousness around me all the time. I felt like I think I grew up in a, like a serious environment and stuff. And uh, I was trying to like break through that. And then in high school, I did some like on stage stuff, and it went like really well. So then I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I moved down to San Diego, and I started making trips to like the laugh factory um but there's a comedy store on pearl street that i would go to um sometimes and like some other stuff and at that time i think i was like 17 when i went up at the the laugh factory the first time and i told this story on zoom it was funny because like i went up on stage i was really nervous and uh, i went to the bathroom beforehand and uh i so I, then I go up on stage, and uh, everyone starts, like, laughing, and I think I'm doing really well, but it turns out my zipper is down. I didn't zip my pants. <laughs> Classic. Right of passion. Right of uh, comedy. Yeah, and then the guy, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Like, Jamie or whatever? I, I went up and, like, talked to him after that, and I don't even know if he saw, because I think he would have mentioned something about the zipper being down. Like, you know how he gives advice to people? So he told me, like, do comedy. It was either a hundred more times or a thousand more times, and then come back. So in other words, don't come back for like a really long time. But I think it was cool that he like did that for comics, you know, because he was like the owner. I don't know if he still does that or what, but I didn't go there a ton of times because it was like an hour away from where I was going to school. But when I did, I got that feedback from him and it was like a cool thing. So, so yeah, it's the importance. I mean, the, the shows are for the audiences, but it also really does help comics to have like a kind of a solid place to, to go from. Pretty memorable. One of the things you guys did during the pandemic, I, so I was working with you, and there was a big argument of whether or not you should run the show. I think it was March of 2020 at the time. And you guys went off and went virtual uh, doing interviews and then kicked off probably one of the most successful still-running Zoom shows out there. How do you feel with having that title? 
Um, it's cool. I like it because I like doing the show and stuff. But I think Zoom comedy does have like a bad connotation to it because I think people associate it with the pandemic, and also it it kind of removes like the person to person element of stand up, which I think many comics like hold so dear. Um, but it is a form of human connection, and I think it will be around in the future. And I think you know, based on the people that come, you were on the show last night. It was a lot of fun, yeah. And you had a hundred audience members, and uh, uh, it was, they all have a kind of a community thing. It, it was it was pretty rock solid. You know, I feel like Zoom shows are like CNN. Like once there's a national emergency, everyone's clicking onto it. You know, we just have to wait for another uh, another pandemic. But I, I do think like the the cat's out of the bag, and and you guys run a real pro- professional show too. Like, um, you had some notoriety because somebody fucked on uh, live. Can I bring that up? I don't. I don't want to albatross you, but uh, aren't you the show where someone fucked on live? A couple fucked. Uh, yeah, but it was like a tasteful fuck. You know, it was like it was like one of those like softcore porn movies. It wasn't like a hardcore porn. Right. But, uh, I mean, you know, the way I, I think about that is like during the pandemic, we all did a lot of crazy stuff, you know? <laughs> and I think we should all get like a pass for those couple years. And I mean, geez, like, there's enough holding people accountable for every little thing. It's like, can we get, like, a pass during the pandemic? You know what I mean, yeah, they had yeah. sex. I personally don't think sex is, like, a dirty, bad thing, personally. But, yeah, a lot of people thought it was bad. And uh, Well, they came They came to see the show. They came. They were focusing on stand-up, and yeah. any kind of extra stuff, they probably didn't appreciate it, maybe. I doubt it, but they, they came for the comedy, so they, they probably said, this isn't the comedy let you know yeah and i think our name can be misleading because it's a very like generic and kind of spe- but also specific name you know but we, there's a lot that falls under that umbrella you know we add like a lot of personal uh kind of touch to what we do and i, I think some people yeah. are like they think it's like this thing and, and i think we've struggled with that because it is kind of a poor like marketing communication i guess in a way but uh but no, that was fun and that was memorable, and I don't regret that happening. Is there any like uh, suitable for work uh, crazy accidents happen on, on the Zoom show you want to bring up? Something that hasn't happened on a live show or? Hmm. or... Well, like it's always funny when you like tell a joke and then you hear someone like flush the toilet. You know, like they... <laughs> um, it really gives like uh, it's always such a humbling experience to do zoom comedy like honestly i think it keeps my ego in check i have like a problem sometimes with my ego and i think it like has kept me extremely humble so um but yeah crazy stuff i mean the nakedness people like we get the zoom bombers and it's funny because the zoom bombers they come on and they mess with the show and i'm like you know we have like an open mic portion of the show like you can actually do a set (laughs) you don't have to like do whatever you're doing and then after I said that, I was like, we want you to be, like, part of the show. Like, we love the energy they bring. Because, like, anybody who logged on to do anything, it's like they're bringing some kind of energy to what you're doing. And uh, so we kind of, like, worked a few of them into the fold. And they're, like, really young kids, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it's scary. Like, I hope that's not representative of all the young kids out there. Because, like, no, that's all the young kids. Sure as a country, then we're kind of like, yeah. So you got to pipe piper them into the right direction, Bahe. You got to be the ringleader in the future. So. Yeah, I think comedy is great for that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. So your live shows and your virtual shows are kind of crash landing together. Can you talk about your upcoming live event? Uh, granted, it's Halloween right now, but uh, you have you and uh, Christopher doing a show at the Moscone Center. Yeah. So we got an email from this uh, 
convention, uh, Fan Expo at Moscone SF, and they're like, do you guys want to stream, or no, they said record what you're doing on our, like, stage at the conference. And uh, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, but we do a live stream. And then he said at the Moscone Center, the Wi-Fi is really bad, so they, they don't won't do a live stream. But they'll do, like, a three-camera shoot recording where they, like, edit it, like, people edit it and stuff, and it'll be seen live, like, from the people who are there. And I was like, obviously, I really wanted to do that, so. So um, it would be a live? So people can go to the convention, see this live, and then you guys will edit it as a, as a Zoom show and then post it on YouTube or on your socials? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, they're going to give us a lot of freedom in terms of what we do because this has evolved, and now it's, like, a competition, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, you competed last night. I thought I got three percent to the vote. Three percent. Yeah, that, okay. that's myself because as a comedian, I learned you always vote for yourself. You're you are the funniest person in the room at all times. Totally. Otherwise, yeah. no one's gonna say that. So you always have to I'm vote so for yourself. Right. Yeah. There was yeah. a one new time comic last night. God bless this gregarious gentleman. Uh, as loquacious as he was yesterday. He's like, I didn't vote for myself. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not a comic. That was his first time performing, so he hasn't learned that lesson. Yet. I know. Well, it's it's stuck, it's it stuck out to me. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to uh, influence. I didn't want to encourage him. But, you know, you got to be cold to the new comics. They got to have a thick skin. Yeah, totally. I think he'll learn that. And Because uh, if you don't vouch for yourself, like, everyone else is like, got... You know, a lot of comics are mostly focused on themselves, you know? They're not really in the business of helping, like, other comics so much. And I get it because it's so hard just to help yourself. You know what I mean? Well, it's also a sole proprietorship, and, and you have to be driven, which means you're going to fuck people over if you really want, want what you get. It's, that's why you're driven, quote-unquote. That's Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never fucked anyone over that I know of, um, and... That's probably why I'm not successful. So like, yeah, you gotta keep your eye on your prize. You gotta put your blinders on, and you gotta fuck everybody around uh, around <laughs> you to get to what you want. And then you get it. And then you then you uh, I don't know. Fuck off. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Vahe, uh, I was, so let's let's get some uh, uh, links where people can find you as a comedian, uh, your dates, uh, and also your this show that's run away uh, live and virtual. Okay, yeah, so the virtual show is virtualcomedy.net. Um, virtualcomedy.com was taken, which is weird. Uh, Pandemic. Yeah, and then uh, bestofsfstandup.com is, like, for the live show. The classy room, and it's a classy show. It has great, great, uh, I mean, these are seats for critics to sit down and watch John Leguizamo in the past. So you know these are the softest, greatest ass hugging seats you're ever going to experience for a live performance like you know yeah. it's a great room which kind of works against it i think at times but oh they get too comfy yeah because you don't want to be too comfy it's a common known fact right that you don't want to be too comfy during a comedy show i guess so. yeah you got to keep the cold the temperature cold cool uh so we got all your links we are now at the part of the uh interview of the Celebrity Comedian Countdown where you our celebrity comedian will do a countdown to our movie this week Bye. Take it away. Okay. So, uh, three, two, one, go. All right. Well, thank you so much, celebrity comedian. Oh, we are going to act in this film. Yeah. Green grow the rushes, as I've been saying. <laughs> we You've been have saying a, something. I've been saying something. 
This is the marsh, Carl. This is great. No, this is the United Kingdom. Great Britain, for sure. You know, I love I've seen... the accents in this film. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Because we have a powerhouse of actors in this movie. And two of them are definitely known for their voices. And they crank it out. I'm talking about Roger Livery, who is the captain in this movie. And then, of course, we have young Richard Burton. Yeah, very young. <clears throat> well, you know, he's a... I did a little research, Carl. I went to Wiki and I went to IMDb. But for Richard Burton, I watched a movie called In From Out the Cold. In From, mm -hmm. In From the Cold. A portrait of Richard Burton. It was a 1965 documentary. That's that early. Well, you know, it was Cleopatra was 63. So they were three ring circus at the time with that okay. marriage. Yeah. So, you know. But, oh, by the way, any resemblance to any living person, an actual event, coincidence, would be a miracle. Oh, this must be a farce. This must be a bureaucracy. <laughs> and sure enough, here is a beautiful southeast England, Kent, and here comes bureaucrats. Oh, With their boom. bowler hats. Bowler hats and their glasses. Now, these three guys each have their own personality for bureaucrats, and they're going to, like, diss on each other throughout the film. It's a. I have to say, this film is really good with characters. Uh -huh. but I want to just call out this moment. So they they arrive to this marshy area, and they control this land. And the way it's shot, this guy Nigel Twist, the director. Look at this. They they hover over the land. They look like go bureaucratic gods that own this area. <laughs> Isn't that a? Re it's remarkable, right? To start yeah. this movie off like that. It's pretty cool. Look at them. They're gods. Surveying all they survey. They're actually from the uh, agriculture, uh, the Ministry of Agriculture and Fishery. Gotcha. And they're down here in Angela de Pong. I forgot the name of it. I have it. But basically, all this marshland is not being used for farming. That is, a, people are starving out there. People need their, yeah, you know. And <clears throat> they talk a lot about the history. So I guess, like, I don't know anything about America, right? So if you we watch a movie about the South and they believe that they run themselves and they have mm -hmm. a, a bootlegging Upon operation, it. you know, they're gator and they're doing, I would be like, yeah, makes sense to me. So this movie is kind of similar. So this area has history. Like uh, they talk about Henry III a lot in this. Yeah, Henry, Henry III, III decreed that they are, they govern themselves. They have yes. autonomy over themselves. So they have a charter. They have a uh, corporation charter, and they actually have Charter Day, which they're going to celebrate in this movie. But they have their own magistrates. Ma they have magistrate. Their... Mm -hmm. Yes. And so this bureaucracy group is ready to take over the land, but they're going to butt heads with them. And one thing they're going to mention, which is very romantic, is that this area was known for bootlegging. Smuggling. Yeah, like brandy in particular. And but that was the old days, Carl. They don't have it now. But they're right. curious, like, how come these farmers have great houses and they don't have any? Uh, they have a couple cows grazing. That's about it. All right. So here's one of them. Struggling. Uh, this guy is always sick. I've been sick for two years. I have this cold. He's got a two. He's got a cold. How's your cold this morning? Same as ever. Same as ever. Now, could it be allergies? Hmm. What do you think it is? Okay, so here's Gil, Colonel Gil, and he's being interviewed by Honor Blackman, who we don't have any Star Trek connections, but yeah, the closest we do, closest we have to a Star Trek connection 
is her, Honor Blackman, who has been in every single iconic British TV show. <laughs> I would say the Avengers. She's dressed okay. up in leather. Uh, she was in Coronation Street in the 2000s, which is a famous sitcom. But And how does she tie in to Star Trek ever so loosely? Well, she was also in Doctor Who during the 80s. Okay. And she was in The Saint with Roger Moore. So she Moore. doesn't tie into Star Trek what? at all. Yeah, Star Trek is, a, is an iconic American show. American, a show. Not yeah, but what the fuck is Doctor Who, fucking The Avengers, and The Saint? I mean, you can't They're get more Star iconic. Trek. But the, uh, uh, I would rather watch, you would rather watch Star Trek over the Avengers. The, well, the that's TV an interesting show. question. It depends on my mood, but I guess yes. So if you want to jerk off to women in leather, then the Avengers. Well, Avengers is not going to have a green girl. Now, that's some jerk-off fodder right there. Okay. Wow, these are great conversations we like to have. So, uh, and she's also obviously known, there she is, for uh, playing Pussy Galore in Goldfinger. That's... Whoa! Really? Yeah. That's her. Terrific! And she died 94 years old in twenty the year 2020. That's great. 94. That's a ripe old age. Now, he goes, What, are you laughing at this? And she goes, No, it's just the way my face was made. Looks like I'm laughing all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, the, the marshland, you know, he's talking about this charter, the corporation. Liberty. And... <clears throat> liberty. Oh, they're right, the Liberty. Liberty Charter. And that's why they called it that, because they they're autonomous. Now, this was actually based on a novel. Uh, a guy named Howard Cl uh, Chloe uh, 